My name is James Vallejo, and my story is filled with broken pieces, bad choices, and ugly truths. But I also have peace in my soul, a God who saved my life, and the beginning of a major comeback, living victorious and glorious. And I believe God puts you in a place you don't belong to prepare you to thrive where you belong. And this is my story. Chapter 7, Leadership. This is roughly the end of year nine going into year 10. And I'm on E-Wing. And Chico has put my name out there for the position of a facilitator. And they, they asked me if I want it. I kind of refuse. I decline. He brings me in there and he kind of pulls me to the side and tells me, hey, God has a plan and a purpose for you. He's raised you up for this right here and you need to step into it. And so he motivates me. He gives me words of encouragement and he pushes me forward and I, and I accept it. So now I'm in the place of leadership. Now I have uh, a title called facilitator on E-Wing. And it comes with responsibility. It comes with uh, a higher standard. And now I'm placed into this higher standard. I'm placed to this standard that I need to live. And it's, it's a tough thing, but you need to grab a hold of the responsibility and run with it. Now, leading up to now, if you've been following along in, with every previous chapter, James felt earlier in his, in his time as he, he was in jail that he was able and ready to be facilitator a lot sooner than now because this is year 9 and 10 but God puts him on hold for a while he shows him favor in so many other ways he spares him of so many other negative things but James's pride felt that it should have received this position sooner God humbled him and worked with him up to now and then you receive it James and do you feel like 100% ready or do you feel like, thank you, God, for allowing me to just now become a facilitator? I don't feel ready. And I'm just thanking God, hey, thank you for holding me off. Because now I realize that at that time when I wanted it, I was not ready. And so now I feel prepared for the job. Um and not necessarily that I deserve it or that I needed it or really wanted it, but God was preparing me for this, and I was prepared for the job. And so what were some of the first things that, as a facilitator, that you had to do that you remember? Okay, so one of the first things that you have to do is um, get to know your group. There's guys in the group that are assigned to your facilitatorship, and now you have to get to know those guys. Um, and on E-Wing, I've said it before, we go to chapel Wednesday, Thursdays, and Fridays. This is the program where there's actual group setting and there's, uh, discussions being held. And this is how, why you get to, why you need to know your guys so that you know how to ask questions and who to ask the question to, and to kind of help that individual to a better life in Christ. What were some of the leadership qualities that you had at that time that helped you? And then as soon as you started actually doing the work of your position, some of the leadership qualities that you learned. One of the ones that I had was a listening. I was a good listener. Uh, I learned that from Chico and, and it just perfected from them. But I already had it. I was a good listener from the get go. And um, 
So that was key, uh, to listen to the guys and, and let them know that you're paying attention, that you're giving feedback and that you're answering questions and directing them. That's key. Um, one of the things that I picked up was that to motivate people, to encourage the people, I wasn't really an encourager. I wasn't really, I would give you some, some information and I would leave you at that. But now I'm actually learning how to encourage people and motivate them to push forward, to keep going in Christ and with advice, with information. And so that was one of the things that I also picked up that I learned. That wasn't something I had. I had to grow into that. But um, that was one of the things. And so as a leader, whenever you're in an organization, it's important to always identify who's next or who has potential. How did you do that? Did someone pop in your, you know, in your radar right away? Did you start pouring in an individual or did, did that happen? So I was the group that I had at first, there was a guy real specific that he had potential and he still does. Um, but he was a hard case. He was a hard headed guy. He has a lot of influence and he had a lot of uh he had a lot of knowledge and wisdom. Uh, God had given, given him something good, and he was holding it back. But I was only with him for a short time, and then he left. Uh, so the next group of guys or the next guys coming in, they were. there was one specific that I had known for years and years and years before. And so uh, I had met him when I was on J-Wing, and we split ways from there. But... He was young in Christ. I knew him, um, and I and I was on the wing with him on P wing as well, and so I kind of seen him grow, and then he moved to E wing and was in my group, and at first, he was a guy that didn't know how to read. He was a guy that didn't know how to speak. He was always angry and upset, and I seen him over the years come out of that, and then when he was on E wing. The little that was still left was being taken away, and I just pushed him to speak, pushed him, motivated him to get out there, and what God has already shown you and, and, and taught you, you need to give to the guys. It's like, because he thought in his own self that he was unfit, unworthy to speak. No one was going to listen to him. He was a short guy, a smaller guy, so he was like, nobody's going to listen to what I have to say. But I told him, hey, everybody has something good, and you just need to share it. You don't know who you're going to touch. And so I encouraged him to keep, to keep speaking, to, give, to keep giving. And later on, I, I even pushed him to facilitate at times and, and direct the group sessions. And so that, that guy right there, he was one guy that I poured into. And I, and I constantly spoke to him on the wing. I was give, uh, we had little studies and whatnot, and we, had, we ate together and, and we watched TV together. We just lived life together. And on a daily basis, I was just with him. And uh, he's still there. Uh, he has a lot of time, so... He's going to be there, but I know God is working with him. God is going to build him up and to become a, a better leader than I was, a greater leader than I was. So if you had to define your leadership before you became a facilitator and you now you start not only being in leadership, but you start respecting the position, right, and, and what it really takes to be a leader, what's the difference between the old idea of leadership and then maybe six, seven months into your leadership, what, what, what's the difference there? What's the misunderstanding that you had? Let's just say. So the misunderstanding I had was I was Lord over these people. And so 
before when I was in places of leadership in the world, I was Lord. And that's how I thought. Uh, so that was my view of leadership going even into Christianity. And that's why God did not put me in leadership at first. He needed to take that from me. I'm not Lord of anybody. I'm helping. I'm just motivating. I'm a mentor. I'm not over anybody. And so Jesus is Lord and not me. And so that was the thing that needed to be taken from my mind, my ideology of being Lord over somebody. Um, and so leadership switched from being a Lord to a servant. And now I can help. Now I'm able to do something for the kingdom. And so uh, the, the best leader is a servant and he's serving the people, but he's doing it in a way that, that motivates, that encourages and that pushes forward. He's not pulling anybody back. He's not pushing anybody down. And this is the perfect leader. He listens and he pushes forward and he serves. In this time, it was a year and a half that you were a facilitator. Is there a particular instance where you can think of uh, maybe an issue that you had or some, you know, two other guys maybe were arguing about something? You had to step in and, and you had to resolve something. Uh, I never really had any kind of issues like that where I had to, like they were about to fight or whatever. But there was an incident where um, the one of the guys in another person's group was having an issue with the guy in my group for some reason. There was a, uh, uh, somebody owed somebody money. One of the guys in my group, he was a, he did some sewing. And so... He didn't like the way that the guy came at him about his product. So he kind of pushed him away and didn't talk to him. And there was some tension there. And uh, I told the guy in my group, hey, man, look, this guy over here is is talking bad about you. He's he's getting stirred up. He's stirring himself up to do something and it can go further. Uh, and thank God it didn't go further. But I told my guy, hey, look. What you need to do is you need to go and I know it wasn't your fault. I know, hey, he came at you a wrong way, but that's your brother in Christ. You need to show love to your brother in Christ. And even though he did do something that was not benefiting the church or benefiting you at all, you need to apologize. You need to get out there and say, look, I want to mend this relationship. I don't want there to be tension. I don't want there to be a a barrier between us. We're brothers in Christ. Let's, Let's come together. And that's exactly what he did. He had to humble himself because he was he was messed up about it. He he felt some type of way about it. But uh, we prayed about it, and he went and he he apologized, and he they, that relationship was mended, and they became good friends. They were they're still good friends. So that was an issue, but that is nothing serious, nothing too serious. So leadership is always defined by certain strengths that an individual has. Okay. So some, there's someone listening right now who's like, man, I'm called to be a leader. I can't wait to be a leader. But, but they really haven't experienced any of that yet. So what, what advice would you give them going into their leadership? Advice I would give you would be, number one, pray about everything. Number two, listen to the people around you. Uh, the mentors that are around you gain what you can from the people that are mentoring you on leadership um watch them you don't got to necessarily ask them 21 questions but 
sit down and watch them and observe how they act and how they are towards people and just mimic them be the that's the example for you um and from there just do it uh execute what you've learned uh push forward for from what you've learned um and put it to practice so a year in and you were a facilitator for a year and about six months tell me how your leadership matured at this time from the beginning of me being a leadership in leadership, um, I was kind of shy about it. I didn't want to go all out with it, and so I was. It was I was hesitant to ask questions. I was hesitant to to do certain things. But later on, seeing God work and seeing that God had already prepared me and seeing the fruit from it. I started coming out of my shell a little bit, you can say, as you can say, and just pushing forward. And I was, I was really getting out there now. Now I'm really helping the guys out. I'm, I'm loving on the guys on the wing, and I'm hanging out with them, and encouraging them, um, and I'm moving forth from my group to other groups. Like I'm, I'm reaching out to the other guys too now, and they're asking me questions and they're coming to me. Hey. Okay, let's talk about this issue and I'm like alright cool because they've seen me with my group and so now God has allowed me to kind of reach out to other guys and other groups not necessarily everybody but a couple people and um, you got to be flexible a good leader is flexible The pe- they put me in charge of these guys they put me uh, facil- as facilitator for these guys but I'm a facilitator on a wing with many guys so you got to be flexible you got to move around and, and touch who you can touch, reach who you can reach. And God allowed me to speak to certain individuals. But uh, I was coming out of my shell. I was, I was fitting into a, a leader, into a facilitator at the time. And I was feeling the jacket. I was I was getting it on and putting it on, and now I'm comfortable in it. And so I'm, I'm speaking more, and I'm just directing more. But So this is about nine to ten years in, right? Right. How are you mentally, right? Like, how are you physically? How, how you know, you've done a, a quite a bit of time up to now. How, how are you doing on a personal level with your family, um, with lo- seeing the, the light at the end of the tunnel as far as when you were going to get out? What was your mental state during this time? My mental state was already in a, in a state of I'm about to leave. Like, I'm about to leave prison. I was preparing my mind to go home. Uh, I've already seen parole by this time, and I've already got a year set off. So I know that in another year, I'm going to go home. Um, and I'm preparing my mind for this. Uh, so in the mental state, I'm, I'm, just, I'm enjoying my family. I'm sending them letters. I'm just having a good time with them on the phones. They're coming to visit me, and I'm I'm enjoying the time there, and I'm speaking to them like I'm if I'm coming out tomorrow, and uh, so that's where my mind state was at was I'm about to leave, I'm about to exit, and everybody on the wing kind of felt that as well, like he's ready to leave, like he's ready to be with his family and go home, and I still love the guys, I still talk to them, I didn't push away from them, I didn't separate myself or nothing like that, I still was doing my job and what God had called me to do. And uh, but I was doing it in the right way. I was doing it uh, in the way that it needed to be done, uh, and I wasn't 
pushing me leaving on those guys either because there's a lot of people that get offended when you kind of bring it up a lot mm. i'm leaving i'm going home and people feel kind of jealous and they feel sad or whatever um so i knew not to put it out there like that but uh everybody knew that i was coming up again and that i was probably going to go home and so uh but they 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 were a lot of guys were for me they were backing me up they were praying with me uh we were we were so we were doing it together we were living life together but my mindset was preparing to leave so towards the end of your year and a half as facilitator and you grew into your leadership and God was with you and for sure you were a lot more mature than you were in the previous years towards the end of it how was the transition because you had a transition out of it and the new facilitator had to come in what were some memorable things towards the end and how did you transition out okay so they had told me that you need to be thinking about who's going to take your spot and I had told him about the guy in my group, and they had they said, hey, he needs to finish the program first, and he has a while to finish the program. He just got here, so he has another six months to finish, so you need to find somebody else, and so I'm thinking about it and praying about it, and a guy comes up into my mind, and I was with him in the program, and he graduated a little bit before me and left. Uh, to another wing and I know the guy I work with him on a daily basis so I know his character I know how he is and he was the perfect fit for my group the guys in my group um, so I brought him up and they were like okay we we like him we know him we we know what he's about we'll bring him in so it took two months two and a half months for him to finally get on the wing uh, but he got on the wing and now he's he's learning the guys he's listening to the guys he's in the group and um he's preparing himself for facilitator status facilitator position and uh he's an older guy than me he's already well in his 40s and so he's mature enough to know how people are and how people act and and characters and he's he's lived life so he's ready for this position and I see him, he's ready, and, and in, the, in the group's discussions, like while I'm still there, I allow him to facilitate just so the guys can get used to him and what he has to, what he has to bring out and, and how he's going to direct and stuff like that. And so, uh, and they like him. Everybody likes him. So it was a good transition. It was good, I, and I, I'm, I'm glad that it was good. Everybody liked him. Everybody was like, he's a good fit. We know why he's here and, and, and that he's going to be our facilitator. And I was like, all right, cool. And uh, so me, when I, this is the end of the year and a half, it's kind of heartbreaking. They tell, they tell me to go down to um, this little meeting that they have to, it's, it's custody level meeting. And I'm like, what's going on? Like, I've been through the custody level before. I'm like, well, I, I didn't do anything this time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, uh but I know it's nothing bad. I know something is something different, but I'm not sure what. And uh, I go down there and they tell me, you moving custody levels, you're going up, though. You're going to a G1 and you're going to be a trustee. And I was like, whoa. So being a trustee is like your ticket out the door. 
almost. And so I know for sure that I'm going home. Like, this is a for sure thing. Um, and so I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm ready. And I go back to the wing and I tell the guys and we just have like a hug match because everybody's like, man, we miss you. We don't want you to go. And I'm the same way. I, I miss y'all guys. I wish I could take you with me, but I can't. And I'm, I'm going to write you. I'm going to keep in contact. And I do. I, I write these guys. I write them letters. And, and uh, so we're good. And uh, But I, I still miss them. I still want to talk to them. still want to see them. And that's we built bonds. We've we have relationship together, so miss those guys. But it was a, a transition from there to trustee, which is the next episode, which is the next chapter, and uh, we'll speak more of that yeah. in the next one. What are some things that you uh, miss that you that you missed when you left um, that leadership position, and what are some things that you wish you would have done? Okay, some of the things that I miss about the leadership position was, first, the guys. I enjoy having fellowship with those guys because they were on the same mindset as me. We had one mind. We were all going towards Christ. We were on a faith-based wing. And so everybody's there to learn. Everybody's there to grow. Uh, And the people that aren't there to grow and aren't there to learn, they end up either coming to Christ or having an open mind to Christ. Uh, so in all in all, it's good. And you're on the wing, you're going to get Jesus. So uh, I, I like that. But um, that was one of the things that I missed was the fellowship there with the brothers. Uh, the program itself is an awesome program. They, they're constantly giving you messages uh, from from some good speakers. They're doing some great things on the wing. They're, they're having... Uh, parties and stuff like that where we can get together and have fun and just fellowship Uh, those are memorable times for people that are locked up and don't have any kind of memories that that are any kind of uh that bring any kind of happiness so those types those memories are going to be memorable for the rest of our lives and i still i enjoy those times but um that, that the program itself i miss the program being a facilitator on the program um and just being able to do God's work, just serving. I, I like that. I enjoy that. But it, it doesn't stop there. I can be a servant anywhere. I can be a leader anywhere as long as God is pushing me that way. And uh, and he's called all of us to serve, all of us to minister. So in the little things that are general, we can do until God has put us in a spot. Then we have a title. Now we have a real position. But in general, we can all serve. We can all put our put forth the work to save souls, to reach the lost. So if you're listening, I hope that you got something out of today's chapter. The next chapter is going to be about when James spends his time in trustee status and he's getting closer to his exit. We'll see you then.